Okay, good evening, everyone. Hope you are all doing well. Um, I've changed our game plan for tonight so that Yantif will be a little bit less stressful. Tonight, we're almost going to do two blot, pretty fast moving, but we're going to be learning Daf Hey, and we're going to be learning most of Daf Vav, about two thirds of the way down on Daf. That'll allow us, that in Yantif Rishon, to learn one blot, like Nachas, Yom Tov Sheni, as well, one, one blot. And I will say that I am loving the fact that tonight's blot is about why Rosh Hashanah is considered one Kedusha. Just tremendous hashkacha pratis. Halachically speaking, we are in the final day of the calendar year, and Rosh Hashanah starts uh, less than 24 hours from now, which is awfully intimidating. But uh, we have a little kiss from upstairs that this Gemara is literally going to be speaking directly about that. Let's get started. We're two-thirds of the way down, three lines up uh, from the from the wide lines on Dalit Amud Beis. We have a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to move pretty quickly. Here we go. Itmar, Shneim, and Tovim Shel Galios. This is not yet our case, but let's imagine you know, the last days of Pesach, the first days of Pesach, first and last days of Sukkot, two days of, Gali, uh, of Yantif, but Yom Tov Sheni Shal Galios, Rav Amar Nolda Bazim Muteras Bazeh, that if an egg is born on day one, it can be consumed on day two. Rav Asiyamar Nolda Bazeh Surabaz, a classic machlokas. We've already discussed other cases of Shabbos and Yantif, but in this juxtaposition, both of the days are Yantif proper. So it says the Gemara, Rav Asi says, Nolda Bazeh Surabaz, that implies... What does that imply? Lema, maybe we should say first long line, maybe we should assume that the reason why Ravasi is of the opinion that you're not allowed to consume the egg that was um, that was laid on day one, on day two, the reason why you're not allowed to do that is because it's maybe it's Kedusha Achas, says the Gemara, that can't be. That can't be because Ravasi has a very unique sheet. I referenced this yesterday. Ravasi had this wild opinion that he makes Havdalah between Yom Tov Rishon and Yom Tov Sheni, uh, when Yom Tov Sheni is Yom Tov Sheni, Shal Galios. So that's a very unique shita. So how can you say these two things? To say that Ravasi is of the opinion that it's Kedusha Achas, and at the same time to say that he makes Havdalah between Yom Tov Rishon and Yom Tov Sheni. That's a stira. That doesn't make any sense. So says the Gemara, how can that be? Two lines into the wide lines. Daladam and Beis. The Gemara answer is no. Ravasi Svuke Misafkale. Ravasi wasn't sure what the halacha was with Yom Tov Sheni. And here he maintained Chumras, one for the sake of the fact that it might be Shtei Kedushos, and therefore he said Havdalah between them. And one Chumra was that it might be Kedusha Achas, and therefore he would say, uh, he would not allow the egg to be eaten on day two if it was born on day one. Amar of Zera Kavasi the Ravasi Mistabra, and I agree with his opinion that there's an element of Safek about Yom Tov, Yom Tov Sheni Shalgalos, when you have Shnei Yom Tov Shalgalos, three lines into the white lines, now Yodinan Bekviya the Yarcha. Now we know this is what does the word now mean? Ravzera was the third, fourth century Amora. We're talking about the year 300 approximately. Now is equivalent to our now as well. It's post Korban. And at that point, they were keeping two days of Yantif as well. So in case you wanted to know when this custom started, it was a very long time ago. Says the Gemara, we know how to establish the months down to the down to the second down to the nanosecond. <laughs> We're so chiseled out in the calendar, and the calendars that we have on our phones can go out decades upon decades upon centuries. The calendar never stops, and we have every everything is perfectly clarified. And even so, we still see that you do two days. So that those two things really don't make sense. If we know Kviyat should have been one day, yeah, we keep two days. That's Ravasi, is that we're conflicted. We don't really know exactly what to do because it's not so clear. We have Kviyat we know how to make the months, but we still keep two days. That shows you that Ravasi is right, that he's Suke Masafkale. Amar Abaye, I don't agree with you. Kavase de Rav Mistabra. 
He says, I agree more with the opinion of Rav. And Rav, whose opinion is listed three lines before the wide lines, he says that an egg that's born on day one can be eaten on day two. And why does Abaye hold like Rav? It's not. The Mishnah writes, we're eight lines from the bottom, Daladam and Beis, says the Gemara, we know that the way that we used to communicate from community to community about Kviyat Deyarcha, about when a new month would happen, was by lighting fires on the tops of mountains. And famously, when the Kusim would, they started lighting their own fires, they kept messing people up about when Rosh Chodesh actually was. And that had impact on on how Yontif would fall out. If people thought it was Rosh Chodesh a day earlier, then they would mamish celebrate the wrong day. It is a huge nafkamina. These are very big differences. So once that happened, he's kinu sheyushluchen yotzin. At that point, they said, fine, we can't rely on the fire system because, uh, because of, the, of the kusim. And therefore, he's kinu sheyushluchen yotzin. They'd have to actually send messengers. What's the diuk from this? The inference from this is, if the kusim were not the problem, what would have been the case? That's what we would have done. That's Rav, which is that it's Shtei Kedushos. That's why the egg that's born on day one can be consumed on day two. It's really two Kedushos. Day one is different than day two. How do I know? Because it's just because of the kusim that we do this. But had it been that the kusim were not problematic, we would have only kept one day, seemingly even of, 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 uh, one day of Yontif. That's how it should have been. I asks the Gemara, my time of Dinan Treyome. Why then? Rav, oh, you're such a Shtei Kedushos guy. Why then are you going to say that we keep two days of Yontif? Rav agreed that we kept two days of Yontif, but it doesn't really fit with his Shita. Rav was of the opinion that Nolda Bazel is Mutter Bazel, that you're allowed to eat the egg that was born on day one, on day two, no problem. So then why does Rav hold that there's two days of Yantip? And here, um, Rav drops a bomb of an answer, a very, 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 very important answer for halachic purposes, for the methodology of halacha, and for the sensitivities of our past. Mishum Deshalchu Mitam, famous language, it was sent from over there. Where's Rav from? Bavel. So from Eretz Yisrael, they sent a message. You need to be very careful with the minhagim that your ancestors gave you because zimnim the gazru hamalchus kule because sometimes we Jews have been through a lot we've been through a lot and sometimes you can have a government that might twist your arm and if you don't have all of the halachos clear you'll easily make an error. And here, because it's quite difficult to know exactly how to determine when a new month starts, we're making just an across the boards rule, two days of Yontif. So when people ask, why do we do this? The answer is because we have a complex history. Shalchum Mitam, we got a Masorah from Eretz Yisrael. This is Rav talking very, very early in the Amorim. Rav was alive when Rebbe died. He was a Talmud. Rebbe died in 220. So we're talking in the early 200s, uh, 220 at the latest. That's approximately when this conversation took place. And Rav said, no, no nothing doing. Yom Tov Sheni this is two days. He still holds it Shei Kedushos. The only reason we keep two days is because, because we're concerned about, you know, but, but fundamentally he holds that it's two different days and we paskin like Rav. Three lines from the bottom. Itmar, here we go. This is our Gemara. Which is upon us in about 22 hours. Rav They both agree. Remember five lines ago, Rav was of the opinion that when it, come to regular, when it came to regular two days of Yantif, Rav says day one and day two, separate kedushos, and therefore an egg born on day one can be eaten on day two. By Rosh Hashanah, absolutely not. By Rosh Hashanah, he holds, both of everybody holds, that, that uh, Rosh Hashanah is kedusha achas, 
or as we refer to, it's Yoma Arichta. It is one long halachic day. Let's get into the sugya. It's not in the Mishnah writes. But Rishona, initially, it used to be that on the 30th day of Elul, they were waiting. They were waiting. In fact, Rashi here points out, they were actually not doing any malacha that day. They anticipated that the 30th of Elul would become that day of Rosh Hashanah. But the Edom hadn't come yet. So says the Gemara, normally we would have kept, we would have received Edom all, all day, even up to Shkia, we would have received Edom. One time the Edom came very late, top of and the Levine by the Korban Tamishal Ben Harbaim, that's what Rashi writes on the top, they said the wrong Shir Shal Yom. They said the wrong Shir because it was so late in the day. They're like, if he hasn't come yet, he's not coming anyway. So fine. After that error, then he's keen with the Chacham and made a Takana that when it comes to the month of Elul and establishing when Rosh Hashanah would begin, they decided that only up until Mincha would they receive these Edim. Fine. If in fact it would have been that the Edom would have come after Mincha, so then really Rosh Hashanah is tomorrow. Now they couldn't do Malacha on this day because they already were keeping most of this day Malacha. So that's what the Gemara says. Noagin Minhag, Noagin Hayu Hayom Kodesh, Ulamachar Kodesh. They would keep both days Bikdusha, but really Rosh, Rosh Hashanah was day two. Oh, so what does that imply? That implies that uh, that we have to keep two days of Yantif because uh, we're we're a little we're, we were like a little concerned about how this development of when these people when the Adim were going to show up to Makadish. Now let's get into a more complex uh, part of this sugya. Amar Rabba, Rabba says Now we're changing the rules. Rav and Shmuel both agreed. When did Rav and Shmuel live? After the Tanaim, early Amoraim, first first generation Amoraim in the mid two hundreds, early and mid two hundreds. What are Yochanan ben Zakai say that a Beit says muteras? Okay, he he lived earlier. Okay, now let's see how the, all this plays out. What is the Mari Makom that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai would allow an egg? It's not. The Mishnah writes, from the time that the Beit Hamikdash was destroyed in, in, in the first century, he said, we're going back to the old rules. Remember, we said at the top of the page, they made a takana to stop taking it all day. We only take it up until Mincha. Once the base of Mikdash was destroyed, he said, no problem, we're going to take it all day. Amar le Abaye. Abaye says, back to Rabba, because Rabba was the one who just presented, a few, uh, four lines down. Rabba presented Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai's opinion. And Abaye says, how can you say that, Rabba? Rav and Shmuel said an egg is not allowed to be eaten on Rosh Hashanah. Says the Gemara, you've got your timelines completely backwards. You can't ask Akasha on Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai from two Amorim. Generations are backwards. Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai was way before, hundreds of years prior, approximately. And Rav and Shmuel were way later. So says the Gemara, Amar Le, Amino Lach Ana Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai. I just brought you a source from Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai. Ve'at Amrsli Rav and Shmuel. be like, no, no, no. How? No, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai can't hold that way. Rav and Shmuel disagree with him. Rav and Shmuel were not even a, a, a thought in anyone's mind. You can't ask Akasha from, a tana, from an Amora and a tana. So says the Gemara, okay, that's a very good point. But the question is now flipped and put onto Rav and Shmuel. Well, the Rav and Shmuel, Kasha must nisen. It should be the other way. You, Rav and Shmuel, said that the egg cannot be eaten on Rosh Hashanah on day two because it's one beautiful holy day. But then what do you do with the Mishnah about Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai? So says the Gemara, lo kasha, halan lehu. A very, very important historical answer. It seems to be from this Gemara that in the times of the Amorim, the halacha in Eretz Yisrael was different than the halacha in Chutz 
that in Eretz Yisrael, when we knew how to do Kviya the Yarcha and everything was close, it was all in Eretz Yisrael. They seemingly they kept two days, but they but Beitza, a Beitza that was born on day one is Mutar on day two of Yochanan ben Zakkai. But in Bavel, Chutz Eretz, what did Rabbi Shmuel say? No, you can never eat the egg. So that's how the Gemara answers this question. And that's approach number one of Rabbah. Uh, Rav Yosef doesn't agree. Rav Yosef was a contemporary of Rabbah, third century of the Amorite. Rav Yosef Amar, he says, No, no, Rabbah, you can't say that it's mutter. It's never mutter, my taima, because, and now we're getting into a, a larger halachic sugya, bigger than this topic, which is, This halacha, about, uh, we'll see, we'll have to see what exactly it's about. But this halacha is a davar shebeminyan, v'chol davar shebeminyan, tzarech minyan acher lehatiro. We have a halacha that was voted on. The egg should not be allowed. V'chol davar shebeminyan, tzarech minyan acher lehatiro. And whenever a halacha is made, you cannot undo a halacha, a minhag, a rabbinic injunction, unless you have another minyan, unless you have another another uh, another basin to undo that halacha. So that's it. We have a lot of things now that we might change, but in the times of Mashiach, that's possible. But until that time comes, we're not changing anything. Even a dinder abundant that we can't even fathom. We have no reason why this should apply. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter what they are. Pick your example. It doesn't make a difference. We're not changing anything until the Chachamim, until we have a Sanhedrin. So says the Gemara, um, that the reason why we know that uh, Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, it has to be that Beitza is Asura because it's Dabr Shebeminyan and Mechol Dabr Shebeminyan, Sarach Minyan Acher Lahatir. Now let's get into this Sugya. How do I know that there is this principle that if, when you have a halacha that's built by one uh, one Beistin, that you need a Minyan Acher uh, in order to undo that law or to change it? So Rav Yosef gives three or four Mari Makomos for this. Here's Mari Makom number one, a little bit more than halfway down, two thirds of the way down, Hamid. The Pasuk writes, After Har Sinai, we know that the Torah told us that husbands and wives had to separate three days out. For three days, they couldn't be together. After Har Sinai, the Pasuk tells them that they can go be together again. Now, I could make that inference on my own. I don't need a Pasuk in Chumash. You said three days. Today's day four. So the couples can be together again. Why the Pasuk? That's uh, source number one. We'll get into the Pasukim later, uh, and to the explanation of the Pasukim, but that's the basic understanding. The Omer. Now, our brains should be primed. Whenever we see the Omer, why, why, do, why do we have multiple reasons? We're going to get into that on the Ahmed Beis. The Omer, second Pasuk, that when the horn sounds after Har Sinai, then the animals can again graze on the mountain. But you already told us it was us for them to graze on the mountains. Why are you telling me now that they can go back and eat? Same exact idea. So that's two Pesukim. Now let's add a Brisa, reason number three. Uh, Vitanya, the Brisa writes, is it Vitanya? It's not, it's actually a Mishnah. Kerim Revoy, the vines of the fourth year, that within one day's walk of Yerushalayim, if you had a vineyard, then the, the vines, the grapes of the fourth year, you should bring them to Yerushalayim. Here were the borders, here were the cities that were considered to be a one a one day walk from Yerushalayim. Uh, it's Elas Minha, it should be Minha Darom. I don't know how it shows up in the Oz Vahadr here, Minat Safo. And of course, we know that Elat is actually all the way in the south. It's a huge Shiloh in the post game as to whether or not you keep two days of Yontif for regular Yontif Shani in Elat. It's big Shiloh and Halacha because it was it part of the Kibush Rishon. These are all Shilohs and Halacha. If you ever stay in Elat for Yontif, you have to ask a Shiloh if you're uh, if you're going there and you actually have a minhag to keep one day when you go there. Most people don't have that. When I go to Eretz Yisrael, I keep two days until I decide to move. But that's the sheets of Rav Moshe and many other post game as well. But if, in fact, you have a shita that you normally would go to Eretz Yisrael and keep one day in a lot, that might not be true, because a lot was not part of the initial conquest of Yehoshua, and therefore, should it be considered Eretz Yisrael or not? Anyways, that's one of the boundaries for, um, 
for Kerem Revoy, for the, for the vineyards of the fourth year. So on the southern side, the lowest city was Eilat, the Akravas Minha Safon, they just mix them up. Akravas is a city in the north. Lud Mina Marav, that's going to be off to the west. The Yarden Mina Mizrach and the Jordan River to the east. What is the reason why we have this minhag to go for Kerem Revoy to Shalim? to make it beautiful. So, uh, and then we have to finish this point because what are we trying to prove right now? We're trying to give examples of halachas where we see that we need Dabr Sheba Minyan, where, where you have something that was voted on by the Chachamim and Abezdin, and then we have to undo it. So let's see where this happened. Vitanya, on this note, on Kerem Revai, what do we learn? Kerem Revai, Rabbi Eliezer. He had a, a vineyard, and it was within walking distance. B'mizrach, Lud, B'tzad, Kvar, Tavi. This is just a physical location, an identifier on the ground, and it was within the Mahalach Yom Echad for him to walk there, top of Dafayim and Beis. And he wanted to be Mafkir the Peros. He didn't want to shlaf the Peros. At that time, the halacha was that you could not trade the vineyards, you could not trade the grapes onto coins. Oh, so says the Gemara, they said to him, Rebbe, we're already, we already have a change here. The Bezdin changed their minds, right? This is where we start, we're seeing our idea. The Bezdin changed their minds to say that you can be pulled down a coin. That's what Rashi says. The second line of Rashi, that you can bring them up even by coin. Oh, so then says the Gemara, third line, who is your friend of Yochanan ben Zakkai? And what is the diuk that we make? The reason why you're now allowed to put it on a coin is because they voted and then changed the vote with another minion. But hello, Nimnula, without that, then you would have been stuck. You would have had to bring the vineyards. But Haraya, this is our third proof in a row. Pasuk, Pasuk, Mishnah, Brisa. We have actually four proofs, technically, um, to say that therefore we have this principle that if there's something that's decided with a double ship of minion, that uh, the only way to undo that is with another minion. We need another Bezdin to vote uh, against that idea and change it. So then asks the Gemara four lines down, Maive Omer. Why do we have so many sources to indicate this idea? So says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. So a little bit of a lengthy answer, um, and then we will um, continue with our discussions of Beitzah. But let's first, uh, let's uh, ex uh, just explain why we have so many sources. Says the Gemara, four lines down, Hachi Kalmar. Here is how we can understand all of the psukim. Michti. See, the Pasuk writes in the Torah, We know that in preparation for Harsina, husbands and wives are not allowed to be together, together for three days. And then another Pasuk, seemingly unnecessarily, says, now you can go be in your tents, which is, a, a, of course, a euphemism that a husband and wife can be together. Says Gemara, but I don't need that Pasuk. I'm a very smart guy. I can go look at the Pasuk that says for three days you can't be together. On the fourth day, it means you can't. Why do I have another Pasuk that says that go be in your tents? What do we see from here? The ones at Kaddish Baruch who told us that they had to be separated from each other. Kaddish Baruch Hu then had to tell them that they can be back together again. And that's a proof of the idea. I, the Chitema, the mitzvah's own Maybe, maybe this pasuk of Oholechem wasn't telling us that it's mutter to now be together. Again, I, I can read that on my own. Maybe what we're learning about here is the mitzvah of Ona. The mitzvah of Ona is exceptionally unique. And in, in, when you do like uh, comparative religions, you won't find these types of halachos in other areas. The mitzvah of Ona is a mitzvah d'oraisa, coded in psukim, coded in the ksuba, that a husband is obligated to be available to his wife for intimacy. The halachos of frequency are discussed in Simon Reishmem and Orachayim. 
Um, and uh, you know, famously, the Onas Tamidei Chachamim is from Friday night to Friday night. Of course, it depends on the couple, depends on, on, on a whole variety of factors. The Shulchan Aruch speaks about it in the frame of profession. There were some people who used to travel six months out of the Their mitzvah of, of Tashmash of the mitzvah of Onas was twice. It just depends on the profession. These are conversations to have. But uh, the Gemara says, maybe maybe we would have misunderstood that when the Pasuk came back and said, okay, I'll take Shuala Isha, so the next pasuk that says you can be lo is not to teach you that davar minion that we can solve that a kaddish baruch had to come back and tell us it was mutter, but rather to teach us about the mitzvah of ona. So it says the gemara. Therefore, tashma we had to bring another pasuk. What was the next pasuk? When the when the shofar is sounded at the end of our sinah, that the animals can go back. Michti, let's analyze this. See, we know the pasuk says gamatzon v'habakar al yiru al mul haharahu. A pasuk we're very familiar with that the tzon and bakar are not allowed to graze near the mountain. That we know. So bimshochayovel. So why do I need the pasuk to teach me that? Shmamina says the Gemara. That's why we have these two pesukim. Okay, that's great. But why did we then have the Mishnah and Bryce about about Karim uh, about Karim Ravai? That we have to bring the, the vineyards. We have to bring the excuse me. We have to bring the the wine the, the grapes or at least their uh, their financial value to Yerushalayim. The chitema with if we only had these two pesukim pesukim and chumash. I might have thought that this was only true by Dine de Oraisa. That's what we were talking about. We were talking about the Tashmish Amita Sugya by Harsinai. We were talking about the animals grazing by Harsinai. I might have thought that the rules of Dabr Shabiminion may only apply on a Din de Oraisa. Well, maybe I would have thought by Dine de Rabbanon that there is no rule of Tarach Minyan Achar Lahatiro. Maybe I would have thought that we don't need that at all. It's only by Dina Doraisa. Says the Gemara Tashma. That's why, that's why Rabbi Yosef brought a third Mari Makom. He brought one Pasuk by Tash Mishamita, one Pasuk by the grazing of the animals. And now he brought a Mishnah and a Brisa about a Dindir Abanon of Kerem Revai to teach us Tashma Kerem Revai, Baha Kerem Revai, Dirabanon, Beautiful. So that's a beautiful development. Now let's get back to our sugya, the chitema beitza nami. And if you want to say, says Rav Yosef, remember, so we have to go back a little bit. What was Rav Yosef's shita? Rav Yosef's shita was that even after Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, the egg is usher, because he does not believe that the egg was part of the minion. Let's see why. Says the Gemara, v'chitema beitza nami imnu Allah Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai v'sharyuha. If you want to say that maybe uh, the iser derabanan of the beitza was overturned by Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, that's incorrect. Ki imnu, what was part of the minion? Aedus. The only thing that Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai was discussing when he was talking about davar shebeminyan was the aedus of the 30th of Elul. Do we say the full day or do we only say up until Mincha? But what was he not discussing? Abetza lo imnu. And therefore, because Rav Yosef's understanding of Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai is that he was only discussing in the Minyan conversation about what is a rabbinic conjunction is simply as to whether or not uh, we allow Adam to come after Mincha or only up until Mincha. He wasn't talking about the Beitza at all. And therefore the egg remains usher. There's no answer like we saw with Rabbah of Halan and Halahud that there's a difference between Bava. It's not correct. Rav Yosef says, you totally misunderstood Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai. Amr Abayi, what are you talking about? We're halfway down on Hamid Beza. Abayi says, that's not correct. Atu Beitza b'minyan mihavoy. You're absolutely right that the Beitza was not part of the conversation, but Beitza be'edus talia milsa. Like the, the, the whole egg conversation is dependent on what happens with the Aedus. Because if it becomes Rosh Hashanah, then it's two days, then it's Kedusha So 
the, the whole conversation about the egg is just a domino effect from the conversation about the edus. You can't really separate them. It's our edus, it's our beitza. Ishtari edus, ishtari beitza. And the Gemara, Abaye, therefore, doesn't understand the opinion of Rav Yosef. Let's see approach number three. We've seen Rabbah. We've seen Rav Yosef that just got rejected by Abaye. Here's approach number three, almost two-thirds of the way down, Hayam at base. Rav Ada, the Rav Shalman Tarvaymi Bekluchis. This is a physical place. This is where they were from. Amri, they said, Afmi Takanas Rav Yochanan Ben Zakai Be'elich Be'etzasur. They're still in the camp of Rav Yosef that they still say that the egg is not allowed on Rosh Hashanah. Uh, why? My taima, and I love this language. We should all be talking this way. Meheri yibana beis hamikdash. Amen. Meheri yibana beis hamikdash. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should soon rebuild the beis hamikdash. But because the beis hamikdash could be rebuilt at any time, therefore the egg has to remain usher. Why? Because v'yomru ishtakad miloachalnu beitzav yom tosheni. If we say that the egg is allowed in these in these years immediately post korban, which unfortunately has prolonged itself for nearly two thousand years, hashdanaminecha this year too in the base of mikdash, what is rebuilt? We should assume that we're allowed to eat the egg. Below yade, they would not be familiar with the fact that ishtakad shtekedusha, saying that last year before the base of mikdash was rebuilt, really the two days of Rosh Hashanah were shtekedushas. They were two distinct days. Behashda now that the base of mikdash has returned, kedusha achas, he would have made. A, a big error. And therefore, he, he doesn't give the svara that Rav Yosef gave about Dabr I mean, No, it's much simpler. It's much simpler. You're going to make a huge error. You're just going to make a mistake because you might think that last year, pre last year, pre rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, and this year, near Hashem, with the Beis HaMikdash, you might think that those halachos, they're not the same halachos. So therefore, in the pre in the pre rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, you can't eat the egg because the next year you might get confused and eat the egg. Not allowed. He says the Gemara. If that's true, so then the Gemara says your concern shouldn't only be about the egg, then edus nami lo Then we also shouldn't change the halachos about when we do edus. If you say in, in a churban phase that you're allowed to stop the edus at mincha, well, why would you do that? My time, well, why, does it, why would this be problematic? One year you took edus in all day. Maybe we should do the same thing with the churban base. It's not true because we stop at mincha. That was the takana that the chachamim made. And you should make the same error. So just like you're saying that there should be a restriction on the beta before the base of is built to after, we should say the same thing about edus. You can't change rules. You might make a mistake with the edus. Says the What? What? You can't compare these two things. Why not? Because Hassam. When it comes to the discussion of the base of the base and Sanhedrin, edus Mesur lebezdin. The discussion about edus is not left to balabatim. It's left to Gdole Hador. It's left to the Sanhedrin. 71 of the finest Tamil Chachamim out there. All is well. But, but Beitza, the Masura. But when it comes to an egg, that's me and you making those decisions. That's not the Gdole Poskin making those decisions. And therefore, we can make a Chakira between the world of Beitza and the world of Edus. By Beitza, we're going to be strict because who's the one deciding whether or not to eat the egg? The regular people, the Hamonam, it's me and you. But when it comes to when we accept Edus, that's Sanhedrin. They're never going to make an error on these things. And that's why, according to Rav Ada and Rav Shalman, we're going to be strict on the egg, even with Rav Yochanan, even with Rav Yochanan ben Zakai's Takana. And we are going to be lenient on the Edus because even though the logic applies, when it comes to Sanhedrin, they're just 
better Jews than we are. They know the halachos more clearly, much less of a risk. That brings us to six, seven lines from the bottom of the page. And Rava Omar, ben Zakai, for his own reasons, he's going to say as well that uh, from the times of Rav Yochanan ben Zakai, he agrees. So we have Rava who's lenient, and all the other three sheets of Yosef, and then afterwards of Adav, Rav Shalman, and then Rava as well to say that the Beit says Asura. What's Rava Svara as to why the egg should be Asura on Rosh Hashanah? Milo Mode Rav Yochanan ben Zakai, Shimbo Edi Milamencha Lamalash Nogin Osa. Even Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai will tell you when they come, when they show up after Mincha, you still kept Isra Malacha that day of the 30th day of Elul and then the, what would then be Rosh Hashanah, the first day, right? You still would have kept it that way. So that's what, that's Rava Svar. How do we paskin in all of this? And this will bring us right to the end of the page. We learned a couple of cases. We learned the case about Yom Tov and Yom Tov Shabbos and Yom Tov and the case of Rosh Hashanah, two days of Rosh Hashanah. And we paskin like Rav, whatever he holds is what we hold. We're going to push further today. We're going to be doing much of Davav, as I mentioned when we started, so that again, uh, the learning will be a little uh, easier. It's mostly for my purposes. Sorry. I'll just make things a little bit easier over uh, over Rosh Hashanah just to do one blot. So we're going to push through the next uh, Amad and a half on Davav. Let's start right at the top. Interesting halachic sugya. Amar Rava. What? We don't pass like that. I mean, we do pass like that, but uh, unfortunately, they're not connected. Amar Rava. Mace be Yom Tov Rishon. What do we do with a, with a mace? Uh, if there's a mace and Yom Tov Rishon, so what's the halacha? What do we do? So the halacha is he's asku bo amimin. We employ non-Jews to do the malacha. Employ is an incorrect word, sorry. We uh, we have non-Jews do the malacha for us. Mace be Yom Tov Sheni, if you have to tend to the to the death of someone on the second day, he's asku bo Yisrael. So if it's Yom Tov Sheni, so then the halacha is that even a Yid can do that. Wow, that's a big chiddush. That's a big chiddush, that even on Yom Tov she- on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, even though we do paskin that it's Kedush Achas, because we just paskin on the bottom of the page like Rav. What did Rav hold by Rosh Hashanah? Rav and Shmuel, they both held that the egg from day one is Asar on day two of Rosh Hashanah, yet here we make a distinction. Here we say that when it comes to a mace on Yom Tov Sheni, not only is it true with Yom Tov Sheni, Shal Galius on a regular double Yom Tov, but it's even true by Rosh Hashanah where there's Kedush Achas. And then says the Gemara, Mashehin Kein Bebeza, we're more lenient about doing malacha del raisa, as it were, on Yom Tov Sheni, then we are about eating an egg that was born on day one, and now it's the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Now, we're going to see another sheet that this is why the Gemara is brought right here. Nahar Do'e, those who lived in Nahar Do'e, they paskened Amre af bebeza. They could even eat the egg on, on, on Rosh Hashanah, second day of Rosh Hashanah. Demai daitach, what is the whole concern here? There's no kedusha achas. You're going to say, dilma ma'aber le We don't deal with, uh, we don't deal with, um, you know, kviya diyarcha anymore. What, what do you worry about from Elul? Says the Gemara, ha'amar of We've never had this problem before from the times of Ezra. So what are you even worried about, Bechlal? Leave it alone. It's Shtei Kedushos. Just leave it alone. And because it's Shtei Kedushos, so therefore you're allowed to eat the egg. Anyway, says the Gemara, coming back to the burial case, What are we talking about? What is Rav HaSalach on the very top line about That's only if there's a concern that the body will be Masriach. How can the body be masriach? You said it was a case where the where the mace was on Yontif. So the Mefarshim point out it's where the mace actually died on Shabbos, and then Sunday was Yontif Rishon, and Monday was Yom Tov Sheni. So 
without refrigeration, a mace could start to decompose, and therefore there could be it could be masriach, and that's not covered a mace. So therefore, says the Gemara, that's our case. We're only concerned about when there's a delay in burying the, the, the mace, and therefore the Rashi points out the, the body may begin to decompose and smell. And that's why, why we, because we have refrigeration, so that's why in our cases, we don't do burial on day two. Ravashi Amar, I disagree. Even if there is no concern about the mace being delayed in his burial, no smell, no decomposing of significance, even so we violate Yom Tov Sheni. Why? Check out this language. Ten lines down, Vava Manalov. My timer. Yom Tov Sheni, Legabe Mace, Kichol Shavu When it comes to a mace on Yom Tov Sheni, and we're talking about this mace, that is a weekday. I know you didn't put on tefillin that morning, and I know that you made kiddush at, at lunch, but you're dealing with a mace. Get a shovel, dig a hole in the ground yourself, and bury the mace. Okay, we, again, we don't do that, but that would be uh, the extreme shita, the strong shita of Rav Ashi. Uh, says the Gemara, you're even allowed to cut cloth for him. It's talking about tachrichin, to cover it, to cover the mace's body. You can even cut uh, myrtle, you can cut hadasim in order, in order for there to be a, a more positive smell, covered a mace. Ama Ravina, Ravina adds uh, an unfortunate uh, law. does sound like a positive word, but I can assure you that it's not. Take a look at Rashi, one third of the way down, just to the right of where we are, Dibra Hamaschal, Dibra Uma Rishah, Shahayi Parsim, the Kofan as Yisrael Asos Melachtan. They used to force the Jews to do work for them. However, they, the Jews used to say, I'm sorry, I can't work. Uh, uh, I need an off day this week, Monday, Tuesday. What is it? Tuesday, Wednesday. Everybody's asking off for work this week, right? So it says the Gemara, that's what the Jews used to do back in the day and it used to work. But but if they saw that the Jews were all going out there burying the dead on Yom Tov Shein, they'd be like, you could do that, come to work. So that, Ravina says, that was a, it was like a religious political problem. Yes, we really should bury the mace, but if we bury the mace, they're going to make us do, do, be working on Yatav, and that's not good. Speaking of Ravina, the Gemara says, one-third of the way down on Vav Amad Aleph, Ravina Havayasiv Kamide Rav Ashi, mistaken the Gemara. Uh, Ravina was sitting in front of Rav Ashi. Bishnei Yamim Tovim Shal Rosh Hashanah. And they were, uh, they were spending, they were having a, a meal together. Chazye de Hava Atziv. And he saw that he was sad. Ravina saw that Ravashi was said, Amarle, am I Otsiv Mar? Ravashi, why are you so upset? Amarle, Dilo Osivi Eruve Tafshilin. I forgot to make an Eruv Tafshilin. Famous story. Who hasn't been in that situation? Amarle, so Ravina says back to him, So what? Vilosiv Mar Haitna. Go make it right now. Let me just paint the picture. Thursday was Yom Tov Rishon. Friday was Yom Tov Sheni. And Shabbos was three day Yom for them. So says the Gemara, Vilo Amar Rava. Didn't we learn from Rava the Great? From a few generations earlier, Ravina and Ravashi were the sixth and seventh day. were very late. The Amorite, they are some of the composers, not of this structure of the Gemara as we know it, uh, but a previous iteration of the Gemara before the Savo Rhyme, uh, for another time. So there, um, what does Rava say? You can make an Eruv Tavshilin on the first day, in this case, Thursday, on the first day of Yantiv, and Umasna, you can make a condition. Here's your condition. If today is really Yantiv, then who cares? Because tomorrow is a weekday, then I can cook tomorrow for Shabbos, no problem. 
if today is really a weekday, great. This is my area of Tafshilin for tomorrow so that I can cook from Friday till Shabbos. That's the, that's the tonight that we're making. It works perfectly. Says the Gemara, you should be masne. Omar lei, Amar de Omar Rava. I could understand that Rava might have said this, I could understand that he would say this with regular Yantav. But by Rosh Hashanah, would he say this? Shall Rosh Hashanah, me Omar? How can that be? Says the Gemara, why, why wouldn't that work? After all, we saw at the top Muteras. We saw the top of the page in Naharda allowed for the Beta really two days of Yontif, but these two Kedushos, they allowed for the egg to be eaten. Says the Gemara, that's a good Svara. However, Amar Lei, Rav Mordechai, Rav Mordechai pipes up, I guess he was sitting in the back of the room, I heard from my Rebbe, from Ravashi, to Lo Savar, Lahad de Nahardai. The conclusion from this Gemara is that if Ravashi doesn't hold like Nahardai, then you cannot use the condition of Erev Tavshilin on day one in order to come up with this little loophole to do your Erev Tavshilin. No, nothing. What do we do in cases like that? So the Rabbanim of the community, they make an Erev Tavshilin on behalf of the community. Everyone should make their own with a bracha. But in the event that you forget, you should ask a She'elah Schacham. But usually the rub will tell you, I had you in mind, or someone in the community had everyone in the community in mind, so that an Erev Tavshilin was made, so that you can cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos, and then everything will be fine. Next, Sugya, two thirds of the way down, a little bit more, three fourths of the way down, Vav Madalat. Itmar, we've been speaking about an egg that was born. What if an egg hatches? This is a machlokas in the Amorayim. If an egg hatches on Yom Tov, so you have one of those little um, incubators, right? You have like the, they're sitting there. When I was, I was a bio major, so we did this. We had eggs and we stuck them in incubators. We would mark our eggs with a permanent marker and we would see how long it took for them to hatch. And then our professor said, okay, cut open the shell and take a pair of scissors and remove the left arm of the chick from the inside. Of it. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. My partner in lab is like, don't worry, I got it. I'm like, who became the moa? I'm just saying, right? <laughs> but that was our that was our command was if you take that arm and put it in another egg, would would, would it reattach? That was our. I don't know. Remember the answer, and I did not. And I did not do well in that course. What? I would assume not. I would assume not. That's what they learn. That's what they learn in nursing homes. That's what they teach. If you have a chick that is born hatches out of an egg on Yonta, what's the halacha? Edible or not? Rav Amar Aser Ushmuel Itam Rabbi Yochanan Amar Mutter. Rav Amar Aser. Why does Rav say Aser? Because classical rules of Muksa. Muksa who? Because it was not prepared. It was not ready to be consumed before Shabbos started. And regular rules of Muksa. And because this chick was inside the egg and the egg was not ready to be eaten at that point, the, the chick was not, was not alive yet. You can't eat it. Because had it been that this animal, that the bird was shechted, the, the mother bird was shechted with the egg inside, we would have said it's mutter to eat that. So now that the, now that the egg came out and it hatched, mazel tov, it should be mutter to eat. Oh, good. They asked the following question to Rab. What was Rab's opinion? Rab's opinion was that it was usher to eat this, uh, to eat this little chiclet. So it says the Gemara as follows. What was the question? Six lines from the bottom. What's the big deal? If an eagle is born, uh, if a calf is born on Yontov, you're allowed to eat that. This should work. So Amar Lehu, no. The reason why an eagle is mutter to be eaten is because the, the mother could be shechted at any point on Yontov because that animal was muchan before Yontov. Because the animal was alive and well before Yontov and you shechted the mother, had there been a ben pakua inside, had there been a, a baby calf inside in utero, mutter, eat it, no problem. Therefore, even if the eagle is born on Yontov, no problem. But that's not true in our case. That's oh, the only, in our case, that's the, the egg, the chick was not ready before, there's no way to eat it. There's no way to, to get to it beforehand. 
So then the Gemara poses a question too, and this created some silence. Ah, what if the animal is nola to a trefa? A trefa, you can't shecht on Shabbos, so you can't argue that it's agav imo. Because we said earlier, one line ago, that if you have a baby calf that's born, it can be eaten, because had I shechted the mother, I could have eaten the child. But here, the mother's a trefa, so I can't even shecht it. So then what would you do? So shasik rab, rab didn't answer the question. Well, why didn't he answer the question? Three lines from the bottom. Omar rabav itema rav Yosef, my time is shasik rab. Why was he so quiet? Says the Gemara, why didn't he say, but the mother could have been shechted for animal parts, right? You can feed it because it's a trefa. You can't eat it. We can't eat it, but it can be given to animals. So Amar Abaye says as follows, top of This is a lengthy uh, question. Hashta, now that we are, uh, let's just read this as follows. It seems to be that that which is is not really it cannot be given to Klavim. Rashi, let's see what he says here, because what does Rashi hold? Rashi says, You know Rabbi Huda's Shita, famously he holds a Muksa back in the Gemara. That which is in theory prepared for a person, that doesn't mean you can feed it to an animal. What's the Mishnah that supports this idea? That's not. And Rabbi Huda in this Brisa says as follows: Omer, no, im lo So part one of the question is like this: We know that something that's muhan adam that's prepared for a person is not necessarily prepared for clubbing because that animal, the nevela animal, was not born, but was was not dead before Shabbos. But will we then say muhan the clubbing having muhan the adam? Are you going to say that an animal that is ra'oi for an animal for it to be to be fed to animals? Are we going to say that that is going to be mukhan adam? And then the trefa has a regular agil. So can I eat that agil? The trefa, the mother was mukhan l'klavim. The child was mukhan l'adam. So how does that interface work between those two animals? The mother has a different halachic status than the child. A trefa and halacha is an animal that has one of the various trefos or an animal that will die within 12 months, or at least that's our halachic assumption. In those cases, those animals are a trefa, they cannot be eaten, but they can have a child that's perfectly viable. That's our case here. So Omar Lehi says back to me, yes, that's exactly right. Muchan la'adam, lo havi muchan la'klavim. It's correct that if uh, food that would be otherwise prepared for a person, and then it ended up turning out that it was only for animals, that's not okay. My intention was to eat something for me, and it came out um, a bad animal, so therefore you can't eat it. But muchan la'klavim, havi muchan la'adam, yes, if you have food that was prepared for, uh, for a kelev, uh, meaning it's a trefa, it's an animal, and that would count Why would that count if the food ended up coming out good? The mother animal is a trefa, the child animal ends up coming out as a perfectly kosher animal. Why does that work? Because what is a person's mindset when it comes to food on His whole mindset is that which is good for me, that is what I want. Let's review quickly. Two shitas on this case about a chick that's born. Rav is of the opinion that it's Aser. Shmuel in the name of Rav Yochanan. Uh, Shmuel or Rav Yochanan says that it is mutter. Now let's bring a couple of brises, and we're almost at the end for today. We will make it to Marev. Says the Gemara as follows: Tanya Kavase de Rav and Tanya Kavase de Shmuel v'Tem Rav Yochanan. What are the two brises? Tanya Kavase de Rav. Rav is of the opinion that the chick cannot be eaten. What does his brisa say? Very clear. Egel shenola biyomtov mutter. Efrach shenola biyomtov aser. Very very clear. That's Rav Shita black on white. Very clear. How do we make such a distinction that an eagle is permissible to eat and a chick is not? The same svara that we saw in the bottom of the previous amud is that because an eagle, if a calf was born 
uh, it should be mutter to eat because had it not been born and I shechted the mother, I could have eaten both, no problem at all. But the chick is not like that. The chick is still in its shell. And until it comes out of its shell, it's not muhan. However, the Brisa flips direction one third of the way down to support Shmuel v'itamer of Yochanan. Tanya kavasi to Shmuel v'itamer of Yochanan. What's the Brisa there? Also black on white. Egel shenola biyom tov muter ve'afroch shenola biyom tov muter. Unbelievable that we have two Brisa. So clearly there were two tracks in the Tanaim, and Rav and Shmuel were each on the coattails of the previous generations, whatever it was. My taima. What is the reason why Shmuel uh, and or Rav Yochanan? Was of the opinion that this should be mutter because one of them is because if you shecht a, a mother bird, which was muhan for you, you can eat the egg inside, even if there's a chicken in it. So that's what the Gemara says. Why doesn't Rav hold of that? The Gemara doesn't go into this level of detail, but it would have been a great question to ask. And uh, that if the mother had been shechted, then you could have eaten it anyways. Therefore, this animal's mutter, and you can shech this one and eat it, no problem at all. Tanu Rabbanan. Uh, this is the last little section, and then we're going to stop in about five lines. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis have taught us, Efroch shenolad b'yom tov aser. If there's a, an Efroch, a chiclet that is born on yom tov, it's aser. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Omer, af b'chol aser. Forget about yantif. Forget about this mesechta. You're not allowed to eat this chiclet during the week either. Why? If an animal, if a chick doesn't open its eyes yet, it is forbidden to eat that animal. It has the halachic status of a sheretz. It's an unbelievable idea. Where does this come from? Keman Azlaha who is the author of the following brisa? Here's the Pasuk. What does l'chol imply? L'chol hasheretz, a language of inclusion. What are we adding? That if there is a chiclet that does not open its eyes after it hatches and you eat it, you just violated the iser de rice of eating a sheretz. The same exact animal, the same exact cells, nothing changed except that its eyes never opened. If the animal's eyes never opened, that's a pasuk and chumash, as the diuk implies right here, that animal is still considered a sheret. Once it opens its eyes, it's no longer a sheret, then it's a bird that is mutter to eat, no problem. Keman, who is that like? That is Kribalazar ben Yaakov, like the shita we just saw two lines ago as the brysa opened about Efrach Shnol B'yom Tov Aser. Rebbe ben Yaakov says, no, even B'chol Aser. That was Rebbe ben Yaakov based on this brysa, that until the animal opens its eyes, it's a sheret. Um, and uh, and therefore it is inedible and it would be a sheritz until it opens its eyes. Once it opens its eyes, halachos of shechita apply. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Wishing you all ksiva v'chasima tova. We'll see you on uh, Rosh Hashanah, day one in the afternoon. I have no idea what time it is. Whatever it says in the schedule is what we'll do. Have a beautiful davening. <laughs>